0: Welcome to the Welsh Music Prize Conversations, where each nominated band or artist from the 2020 shortlist will delve into a chat about their body of work. You can hear all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Croeso mawr i waber Gwobr Gerddoriaeth Gymraeg, ble bydd band ac artist sydd ar y and kalskurs yn am ei gwaith. My modd gwrand bob un o'r yma trwy Am, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. So sit back and enjoy this chat between Llwyd Owen and the Odds about the nominated album Iaeth Ynefoedd. Gobeithio newch i fanhau'r sgwrs yma from Llwyd Owen ac the Odds am ei album Yai Ynefoedd. This podcast may contain strong language. Gáshá podcast hwn gynnwys iaith gref.
1: Uh, hello there, sweet, sweet listeners. My name's Lloid Owen. I'm an award-winning author of fiction, an independent pod crafter, and legend in my own lunchtime. And I'm here today to discuss what is arguably the greatest concept album ever produced by a band from Wales, namely Yaith and Nefoedd by Ur er Odds. Joining me in my shed to talk incessantly about themselves and this groundbreaking project are two members of the band, Griff Lynch and Griff Pritchard, aka the Simon and Garfunkel of the S.R.G. Before we plow on, I think we should start with a little context. Um, I got all this from Wikipedia, so feel free to interject if I make any mistakes. The band, at odds, was formed in 2006, and apart from a Spinal Tap-esque succession of drummers, the lineup from the start has included Griff Lynch on vocals and guitar. Griff Pritchard on vocals and guitar and special effects, Oshan Howell's bass vocals and resonated on keys and vocals. After releasing an EP called Nid Teledi Oi the By in 2010, the band released its first LP, Troia Throsi", in 2011 on the label Copper. In 2013, at released their second highly acclaimed LP, Lithro, again on Coppa, which is now considered a modern classic. And although the band released the double A-side single Blaithe the High/Heroic Irdriven on Ica Ching in 2015, we the fans had to wait six long years for another long player. And that is where I want to start the conversation. So why did the band take so long getting around <laughs> to writing, producing and releasing a third LP? Griffith Pritchard
2: Oh, I th- I think it's a uh, combination of factors really. Ah, um, uh, oh, I, I I think maybe for a um, a little bit we were just really excited to do different things. So we um, released a couple of singles and um, yeah, just did. But I think we were just finding our way a little mm. bit maybe after the, after Hitro.
1: Because was, you know. It, it, it not only is it you know it's a, it's an absolute classic in my opinion there's there's really no filler on that album and it was popular at the time was did, did you feel any pressure was it hard to 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 follow that i
2: i, th- I think we can we we left sitroth um w- with a, a feeling that maybe we want to do something a little bit um more conceptual um and that we a little, some a, a thematic album and I th- maybe it just took a, a while for us to decide what that was going to be and i think eventually we kind of realized that it was never going to come from within the band and that we needed someone else to kind of um push us and inspire us uh, inspire us along the way and,
1: mm. and let's face it as well producing um any form of art in a minority language means that we all have other jobs right so so life life can get get in the way of the creative process as well <laughs> can't
2: it yeah but, but oh, i i you know i I, I, don't, I don't want to make excuses um because we, we we were very lucky you know like for a good three years after llithra we there were loads of opportunities to play gigs and yeah it kind of kept us going for yeah. maybe a little bit longer than we should have led uh, it
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us on nicely to the um you know the the concept behind the album we're talking about tonight which is Ythnevoe um the first i heard of it was when Griff Lynch and Reese Erin and asked if they could have a meeting with me <laughs> uh, this was in i think june or july 2018 and you presented the idea of a concept album about cults to me so can you tell me why why you know where did that initial spark come from why cults i I
3: think um you know as you said it's been a while since we um we made an album Mm -hmm. which was and as griff touched on we we took a while to think of exactly what we wanted to do next and um a concept album was sort of lingering we we all we always knew that we wanted to do something that was bigger than just an album i, I think it was kind of like sign, sign of the times as well with you know uh, the way albums were released um about 3 4 years ago you know they they did come in more of a package than just songs because you know now people release either singles maybe an EP albums is a rare thing nowadays anyway so we we sort of knew that we wanted to challenge ourselves so so obviously we 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 turned to you and presented this idea i i think the cult thing was a sign of i was actually listening to a, a lot of podcasts and watching a lot of films and documentaries about um sort of true crime and and murder and and cults
1: all the good stuff all the
3: good stuff you know inspired you know the jonestown massacre yeah. um rajneesh uh, there's a great documentary on netflix what's the documentary called again <laughs> wild wild country. The wild 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 And it is.
1: It, yeah if anyone out there hasn't seen this it is it has to be seen to be believed yeah and um yeah so so there's there, there is a glut of podcasts and documentaries about cults.
3: Yeah, and and I think Heaven's Gate was was a, another big sort of Absolutely. In, influence and um, and it just sort of morphed into this idea of could we could we create a world where uh, a fictional world where maybe we 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 still touch on the same issues that, um, that we touch in our songs anyway. But within a fictional world um, and, and based on on cults, I think we were having a lot of conversations at the time about you know how how a lot of a um, uh, lot of our um, lot of the sort of Welsh language culture could could be seen as quite culty. Um, at at, at stages and so that all morphed into this idea that that we wanted to create a conceptual work but we also knew that we couldn't do that on our own and we also knew that we needed something other than an album of songs to work on so we came to you um, because we knew you could uh, write and Mm. come up with stories and we wanted to work on t- we wanted to make the album based on something else because i think griff will probably um, too
1: lazy to think up well, of like yeah. original yeah uh, yeah probably <laughs>
3: probably but i it, it was just about sort of challenging ourselves and and working um in, in a completely different way so lyrically. there's an element
1: of keeping t- trying to recapture some of that early magic i guess and keeping things fresh i think so yeah,
3: yeah. um i don't know Griff um, writes, uh, Griff and me writes uh, um, most of the lyrics, so I think having a book um, and a story to, to, to sink our teeth in made, made us write lyrics in a different way, because I think we were afraid that we were going to touch on a lot of the same things and hiding all of that underneath a, a, um, a story and a narrative made it so much easier to come up with new ideas. You
1: say that, but when you introduced the idea to me, it wasn't uh, set in stone no, at all. No, Um If I remember, like the band had no intention to, to base the lyrics or the lyrical content of the album on my book initially. It was, it was just, you wanted a loose affiliation between mm. uh, the, the novel and the records, um, which being uh, a failed musician, a fan of the band and a, a man who was desperate for attention, I was on board anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but, but what we found out soon after that is that I can write a book much faster than you can write songs.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I went off. With this very loose, I think I think the the initial idea was simply write us a book or a story about a Welsh language cult, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. So, two or three months later, I came back with um, the novella, the mm-hmm. first draft for you, um, which, you know, had had drawn quite you know substantially from Heaven's Gate, Jonestown. Mm the rajnishis also christianity uh, the cult of Brexit, and also the godsev mm. godsev of the bards in mm. the esthedvods um i'm talking more of the aesthetics i guess mm. with that last one but uh then you you know you then could 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 use this as a springboard for your but yeah, yeah. for your uh for, for the for the lyrics. But where were you when I gave you that first draft? Mm. Had you been writing songs at that point? Do you remember? Well,
2: we we had, but I, I think it took us um a little bit of time, a long time actually, to after receiving that draft to kind of reassess and to kind of work out what our reaction to that was in a way.
1: But you had um, been in the studio prior to that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, th- I, I don't think we'd started
3: in the lyrics, had we? No, we'd been developing. We'd been developing the the sort of sound and the, the sort of palette of, of noises that we were gonna we, that we were gonna use. Yeah. Um, we'd been dabbling with lyrics, but to be honest with you, nothing nothing solid. Mm. Um, and when that draft came that was when it sort of fell into place for us that okay this we're, we're following we're going to use the chapters and the narrative to to base our lyrics
1: on
2: so. I, I don't think people would, you could listen to the the album and not make a connection with the novel i think um but for us even the stuff that maybe people can't hear in the album um having the novel just kind of grounded it all, I think um and it just gives you that sense of direction i think as um as a band, especially as we we're all kind of uh we all enjoy songwriting, yeah, um so it just kind of forced us all to be kind of face uh, pointing the same way.
1: shall I give a quick synopsis of the book?
2: yeah, definitely, and
1: then we can give a quick synopsis of the album <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, the the book is a it's a dystopian novel that happens in two time frames. Um the first being twenty twenty-six, ten years after the Brexit vote, the world's gone to shit. Welsh people are being hunted, um there's a nuclear war about to kick off in the North Pacific. Um and the we meet uh, a, a failed sci-fi writer called T. Lloyd Lewis who accidentally becomes a god, and um, that's pretty much the first first bit. And then and then we fast forward to twenty sixty six, where we, uh, well well where we see the da- the the death throes of the cult which was started by T. Lloyd Lewis in twenty twenty six. We sort of uh, meet that cult within the last week of his existence and it's a doomsday cult it's uh it's it is you know it's based quite solidly on the heavens gate and and we have a comet that will take them to heaven well of course it won't but you know not giving too much away there so that that's pretty much the uh a very quick synopsis and of course on the album itself i represent my voice uh represents T. And uh, Caris O'Leary as voice, she represents Meyer, which is the last virgin in the second in in 2066. So, how closely. I mean, I've listened to the album lots, and uh, just today I've listened to it four or five times back to back in preparation for this. And, you know, how. (laughs) It's not like, you know, fucking some um mus you know, what, what what do they call it? a, a musical. Is no. it? It's not like that. It's no. not it's far more abstract. Mm. Um in places. Some of it you can go, oh yeah, I, I know exactly where you are. Mm. With the, I know where this song would soundtrack the book.
2: Yeah. Oh.
1: But that's not true throughout no, at we, all, is it? We,
2: we were really I think um uh, anxious for it not to be um uh, a what, yeah. absolute, well, like w- Welsh language like soft rock has a shameful tradition of um, <laughs> nothing shameful <laughs> of <yeah>. musicals <laughs> um, and we re- really wanted to kind of steer ourselves away from that um, so I, th- I think the way we approached it I, th- I approached it was um, it, kind of try and look for uh, the small moments or the smaller emotions. Within that huge dystopian universe that you created, um, and maybe have a few kind of re- relatable things that tie back to now and kind of you know just personal experience and things like that. Yeah. So it, it was it was like the um, the the first stepping stone from where we started to compose. I think.
3: Mm. I think um, I similarly when I was writing lyrics or, or songs, um, I tended to uh, to use the the narrative and and the book more of a camouflage to possibly write um more personal lyrics or or um you know grab those little moments as griff said out of the book and maybe root it um somewhere else so that you can kind of then still write a song in the same way as i I do usually write songs which is rooted in maybe a personal feeling or, or something that that's happened. But because of your narrative, you could also sort of hide it under under that sort of, yeah, yeah. does that make sense? No, I I, I, yeah. I, I do. I,
1: I, I know what you're saying. It's what I was, you know, trying to get at with the abstraction of it.
3: Yeah. I think um, what, um the song maybe Gerard Avon as well, yeah, which was yeah. probably one of the first, first to first that you wrote um i think that's very inspired yeah. by the bike ride that's going up and down definitely
1: yeah just by the river Tav, yeah. just by your house yeah yeah exactly because <laughs> we used to um we used to meet down in uh what's it called Not north, star north, star. north star and yeah. sit outside looking at the uh yeah. the muddy river go past yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's where T lives in Ooh. griff's house um <laughs> so what about the recording process then um not to get too technical and wanky about things um you've got a studio right that you have access to
2: we have, we have a garage yeah is that, is it, is it...
1: <laughs> there's
3: a there's a there's a, a gang of of musicians actually um who are all sort of renting um a space together in in Greenstown, um so it, it's it's quite cheap for all the bands to Who's the to other buy bands in. down there? There's a couple of some, H- H- some unashamed yeah, name think, dropping please. Um, HMS Morris are there, Alan Gaffey definitely used to be there. I'm not sure if he's still there. He booted Probably, it out yeah. Been too funky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roderick Brooks. Um we've got Roderick Brooks and we've got um Uh, uh Eugene Um a lot of a lot of Cardiff based bands. Um and they're all using that particular space as either a practicing space or a recording space, and that's where um, the backbone of the record oh, yeah. was created. And that was, um, you know, even even though Guión and Oshan, um, two of the uh, uh, um, two, uh, our members, maybe it was more me, Rysanerin, um, and Griff that worked on it for the first period of time, just because um, we're we're based in um in Cardiff, and then we did send a lot of the record then up to North Wales via that good old thing called the internet yeah. um and uh Oshan he um provided a lot of like ideas and, and baselines and stuff like that, so we were working quite remotely mm. at, at, at that time as well it was
1: that totally different to how you've done it in the past yeah, completely yeah. yeah. Have you all sort of been in the same room working together? Is that how we usually usually goes?
2: Yeah, I think it has been, hasn't it? Um, yeah, but it was interesting is I think we kind of foresaw COVID, and oh. we knew that we was all going to go to remote. Yeah. So we we we, we jumped again. Um,
3: usually, what we've been doing is um, really traditionally just going into the studio for two weeks. And, Sign, in fact, Sign Studios up in in North Wales, which is a fantastic studio, and we just sat there with a the producer for two weeks solid and bashed out Clithro. Is that and did, how Llythro came yeah, about? Yeah, and and songs were all written before going in, right. and um, most of the arrangements were as well. Same, same with the um, the previous album Troya Throssey, but. Uh, in that gap between Lithronia and Evoid, we completely developed a new way of working, which was everybody could record and and sort of um, we decided to put more emphasis on mixing yeah. rather than recording. So uh, there's um, a guy called Tom Lothman. He is a London-based uh, mixing engineer, and he's been a big part of the sort of sound that we've been we've been able to have because it it means that we can record in a lo-fi diy environment but he can provide the polish after we've finished the recording Mm. did he work on chlythra he didn't work on chlythra he worked on blei Blei for hyle forward and you know you we can definitely see the difference in in sound from when he came on board
2: i think we we all dabble with you know recording at home and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it's it's been a really enjoyable um, workflow for us, really. Yeah.
1: And as you said, Oshan, your bass player, Oshan, your bass player, lives in. Well,
0: star. Is it star? It's, it's a place called Star. So you said
1: Star.
2: <laughs> 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 Which one? <laughs> <laughs> by um Kenverpoke's. Yeah. yeah. It. So best name.
1: And and I've already mentioned that you haven't really got a drummer. Well, Dion uh, is an on um honorary, honorary Well, I think Yeah, he might be oh honorary, yeah, but he's usually yeah. on the other side of the world. That, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> playing, playing <laughs> with, with someone who actually gets paid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's the main problem,
3: you know, he he can't really say okay to recording like for for a uh, an extended period of um eight months when he can go on
1: tour with all hard Harding yeah, and actually exactly. get paid yeah, yeah yeah but on the album it's not only on who plays drums though is it
3: um no there's a couple of um different drummers Gwion has actually played most of the songs though I think so, about half who else on it um we've got Dav. Dav um from Boyazuga and we've also got um, a lot of you think machine. you played drums? I think I did actually. There's a, yeah, a couple of drum
1: machine tracks.
3: There's oh, a couple yeah. Of drum yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I play the drums on uh, uh, Team on Brav. Team on Brav. Do you really? I do. Oh, you
1: can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's really interesting knowing how how you work because. Just to know,
3: add to that, actually, yeah. it, um Griff will probably not say this because he's too humble, but me, it was. Griff did most of the engineering for the album. He he's the he's the guy who understands the the logic and the softwares. And without without him being able to sort of control everything off the desk and off the computer, we we'd have we'd have been in a massive sort of financial crisis by the end of it. <laughs> so more so, yeah, more so than we are now um so even though you know every everybody sort of chipped in and oshan Oshan chipped in on the engineering from from up in North Wales, it was mainly Griff who was okay. in control of the of that pressing I, record aspect
1: uh yeah so this 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 is the closest I've ever been to the process, and i'm you know i I'm, I'm I'm a music obsessive but with no musical talent whatsoever, so it was thrilling then to be called in. To your your your, your uh, practice sessions towards uh, when we were when you were working towards your live shows, but we'll come to that in a minute. And um, I want to talk about some of the influences that um, that can be heard on the album. Um, for example, I can clearly hear Bowie on the track "Revolver." I think that's quite blatant. <laughs> quite a blatant <laughs> one! <laughs> but yeah. it's homage. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. beautiful, it works. I I also hear um, Pink Floyd and 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 Mogwai on Get My Safety. Mm. Um but that but then you know everyone brings their own taste to the table, don't they? So what what actually was going on? What 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 were you were you listening to anything or was there anything in mind, other concept albums or whatever when when you were you know composing? Oh, do
3: you know what I? I'd lo- I'd love to be able to say that there there was because that would mean that we'd put a lot more thought into the sound, but I don't know. Listening back to the album is it's quite sort of um, schizophrenic and in, in to an extent, isn't it? There's a lot of sort of um, different sounds going on. Bowie is is clearly something that
1: who played you know, that guitar riff on um i think
3: it was both me and, and, and griff <laughs> yeah we, we did like that's a proper amazing. harmonizing yeah, um d- duo um <laughs> i don't know griff who, who would you say that you were listening to oh
1: i'm
2: not sure I th- I, th- I think pink flight's a- an interesting oh there's definitely this
1: it's um, just in a in a just in a in a lick here or a riff yeah. there just comes through and I, and and also i, I listened today um to the album in, in in with headphones on, and what I hadn't quite realised listening to it without headphones was the piano work mm. uh, of Reese and Aaron's, which mm. is just fucking sublime. It, it, it's um, it's through yeah. Uh, is it that? That's just amazing. Yeah. There's just some absolutely gorgeous piano lines mm. and. They're quite low in the mix, I think. So you know, it's with the headphones on, they 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 come they come through clearly. Yeah. But um, I think Chris, if if was here, he'd be able to,
3: to to tell you more about influences, um, because he remembers better than, than me <laughs> about <laughs> what, what we were listening to at the time. Um, yeah.
2: I think I think there's MGMT floating about us new there. We yeah, a we, lot we, of those um, sort of
3: the 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 latest two. Albums.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but oh yeah, it's it's just also it's everything like these days it's just everything isn't it? It's everything I well, want. Well, yeah, kind it's of, anything you need,
1: um, <laughs> anything you want, isn't it? On their Spotify, the like, yeah, yeah right. Um, you're right.
3: I think there was also a lot of LCD sound system, um, yeah, hanging yeah, I can, about. Yeah, I can see, yeah, definitely, I can, I can hear um, that. You you can hear that sort of thing in 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 places, but I, I don't think there's. Is a consistent... No, no, there's not one there, yeah, yeah. influence throughout.
1: No. As you said, it's a quite an eclectically yeah. musical album, yet it always sounds like at odds. Yeah. And that is a sign of a brilliant band. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's, it's, <laughs> I'll it's, drink to that. <laughs> it's, it's like, for example, right, we're, we're, we're from Wales, so we'll always compare everything to the Super Furry Animals, but, right, the Super Furry Animals is back catalogue. Every album is... Insanely different. Mm. Every song almost is insanely different, but they all sound like the Super Furry Animals, right? Mm. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. massive compliment. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <goodness. laughs> um, personal favourites of mine are the tracks Jaifa Nervive, Te Hunter Miri, I Gare My Safety, and what uh, what felt the that, that the last song, A Traw Olav, which felt the first time I heard it, it felt out of place and wrong, and you know, a year later, it's probably my favourite song on the album, <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's it's just amazing. And like, with regard to "Jaifanervo," it's a proper anthem of a song. Um, and your voices—it's like a duet. You don't sing harmony on it, um, I don't think. But you're, you know, so you 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 sing the first bit, you sing, mm-hmm. and and the voices. You know, called you Simon and Garfunkel for a reason. <laughs> now, the, the voices really, your voices really complement each other on it, and um, th- there's a real emotional grip to um, the the voices, the themes, and the music. And I, I, this is the track actually is the piano that comes in about three quarters of the way through it, just to play that is absolutely oh, brings tears to the eyes. To be fair. <laughs> um, was it your intention when writing Yithanev, the, the title mm. track, was, was it your intention to try and write an anthem? I mean, it's a cheesy question, or a call to arms? Because I've got to be honest, um, my intention with the book mm. was to write a kind of wake-up or a call to arms for the people of Wales, which was a direct result of the fear that I feel for us as a nation in the aftermath of brexit and during this hate filled period of history so what you've given us with that song then is a <laughs> it's a rumi <Yeah>. 2.0 right <laughs> that's how i feel it and it, honestly and it, it it's it really does give goosebumps every time i hear it but was there i mean i i'm, I'm sure there wasn't but was that your intention I, I think
3: with probably with the lyrics, yes, the song started as a, a lot of the other s- uh, songs that Guyon has played on. Um, we were sort of quite limited with the time that we had with Guyon, okay. our drummer, so we got the drum tracks down really quickly um, and and the track Yaith and Evoid was one of those tracks. So we had a drum track and a couple of other things So everything sort of revolved around what Guion had done on the drums. And you can sort of hear that because there's a lot of, I think there's a a lot of bongo percussions and stuff like that going on. So I think the anthemic parts of it sort of develop naturally after that. Then the lyrics came. I think Griff, you did most of it. I think we shared that one, but I think you did most of it. He's
1: claiming the he's on it. (laughs) Was this?
3: a I'm not sure, actually. might might have just been Griff.
1: <laughs> OK, I, I've, I've already sort of mentioned it a little bit, but there's a real emotional depth and maturity to this record, uh, in my opinion. Um, do you think this is a direct result of cramming the LP with such depressing themes as the disappearance of the Welsh language, the threat of death for speaking the language, nuclear war, castration, rape, incest, physical and emotional abuse... General hopelessness and mass suicide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> no, they, I suppose the point I'm making is is that, and I, I touched on this in the in the um, uh, earlier on as well, is that you've always been a band that goes after quite dark subject matter, but you all, always contrast that with beautiful, beautiful music. So, you know, do do you intentionally? Go out of
3: your way to do this, or you know. I I think it's a it's something that we recognise that we were kind of good at doing quite early on, Um and it felt like a formula uh, that sort of was quite true to ourselves. That you know we are quite depressing people, um, <laughs> but we love pop it's not a stretch Yeah, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but we are also. Um, we're also big fans of of pop music and it sort of I don't know that that it's definitely been the case in the past I'm not too sure I think I'm way too close to Itha Nevoy that uh, still at the moment a year year down the line of releasing it to understand what we've done I think it's for me personally it takes a good three years after recording like an album Mm. or something to realise what we've what we managed to do, or yeah. what 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 we managed to not do, or, or whatever. So I don't know. Ask the, ask the question again. In, I will in I'll a few ask years. in a few years. now. <laughs> I'll make a note. <laughs> put it in, in my
1: in my diary now. Um, <laughs> so I did. I mentioned the word hopelessness in that uh, tongue in cheek description, but um, I want to talk to you about the hope now or the lack of it because. When we sort of shared our plans, uh, Griff Lynch, myself, yeah. and Rhys and Erin, we did a little session in tavoil in 2019 <clears throat> to talk about our project that we're working on. And uh, we were all quite happy with ourselves at the end of it. And then... Um, uh, DJ, digital expert Carl um, Morris came up to us afterwards and he asked, yeah, where's the hope? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your your project sounds awfully depressing, yeah. he said. Where's the hope? Now, in terms of the book, the answer to that question is in the last paragraph of the book, so I'm not going to give that away, just in case yeah. mm. uh, someone will, will want to read it and there's a big twist at the end. But in terms... Of the LP where do you think the? I, I can give you where I think the hope okay. lies but yeah. where, where where would you say the hope lies
2: I, I think it's an album um, that people will be able to kind a of place historically I think it's kind of in that um, yeah that weird place like two years into Donald Trump two years after brexit that that was the album that came out um, and so it, it obviously it's a bit downbeat um but I, I i don't think it's like reactionary to those events either what one of the things i we weren't keen to do i think was kind of to um point fingers with the album so i'm really glad that we did something that was a little bit more critical possibly of like Welsh language culture and kind of the the dangers of insular thinking and applying that to ourselves yeah. maybe um uh, I th- that yeah, I
1: I I think personally, yeah, I think mm. the album gets more hopeful as it goes on. Mm. I think it starts off yeah. really depressed, you know, really <laughs> quite dark. Yeah. And I'm not going to use the word depressing because it's not depressing, but you know, it, it is. It starts off in in a seriously dark place. And I, um, do, do you
3: know what I I, I think. The, the, you're you're right there and there is definitely hope in the last song yeah. the the um oh absolutely the, the sort of the, the one that goes a bit ravey um hundred <laughs> percent there is hope in that one there's no that tunes definitely yeah. drop the e yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> i mean no, no uh, There there
1: is a much hope before that to be honest <laughs> you. Uh, if, if <laughs> we were speaking the truth but yeah the, the last couple of tunes take a take a sort of an upturn I think, I think
3: it's easier to write um,
1: uh, songs
3: that are a bit downbeat and has less lyrical hope in them if you're writing um, catchy melodies because people can have the hope through the melodies
2: yeah. for, for me it's like it's all I think if you hit the, um, the that grey area where you're not sure if it's a happy song or a sad song I think that's like that's the sweet spot that's where you're that's where you're going for it you've got you've got nine <laughs> yeah. of them on this album <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's beautiful it, it is it's it's almost like uh it, it's it's you know you mentioned it it's almost as if it's playing a trick on the listener because you know i i know that my my wife who loves like you know Pop music. She loves the album, but I don't think she's ever. And she's also a, a, a Welsh learner as well, so I don't think she's ever like considered the lyrics. Mm. But the music is so uplifting at times. That, you know, as you said, it uh, yeah. transcends the, yeah. the 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 message, I guess.
3: I think for anybody who listens to the album and and you know becomes sort of. Uh, obsessed enough with the album and the book to understand what we're saying beyond the narrative and to sort of understand what we're saying as, you know, sort of a political statement, they will they'll find hope in getting angry as well. Yeah. Which, you know, being angry is not particularly a bad bad thing if, it, if it's it, time and place, isn't it? Yeah, exactly.
1: Definitely, definitely. Okay, um we need to discuss a few other people that were involved with the project mm. um the first person is tom winfield the art director now the concept art is gorgeous the um the the cover of the both the album and the book that's included in the box set is just beautifully done. So why um or ha, how do you know Tom? Where did you, you know, cross paths and why did you choose him to be a part of this?
3: Um Tom is a friend of of the band anyway. He um he's a big mate of of Rhys. Um Rhys and Irin. he was in college with him, but you know, we've we've known him for years. Um, we've never actually worked with him, but we're also, as a band, a big fan of what he does with his own record label, which is Neb. Um He released uh, Annie's record.
1: Annie Glass. Annie Glass's yeah. record.
3: Um, and he's an artist that, you know, we, we, we very much respect and is sort of early on we knew that we wanted to do a box set um because you know the whole whole thing with having a book and a record we wanted to, to for for it to be a really nice package we also knew that we didn't have a record label or 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 any any big machine behind us that would be able to make that so Tom was the obvious choice for us as someone who can can cover all of all of that as as a passionate artist he didn't just make an artwork he came on board as this is how we're going to package it this is how it's going to fit this is you know this is basically how you're this is how much you're going to have to spend and without him i i don't know how oh. how we'd have been able to package everything together it was, it
2: was amazing because he literally built like the boxes but he also literally built the artwork for it so he created the these the little figurines actually oh yeah
1: baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay
2: but
1: um, yeah the, the... he actually to anyone who hasn't seen the the cover the cover is just a depiction of a, of a of a series of of wooden figurines yeah. or clay figurines, and on the on the book cover as well, there's there's a figurine to to, to sort of reflect the the album cover. But what people won't realise is that Tom actually built every single one how yeah. many did, did you make
3: 120 or something at some point i think he was going to do um that but
2: i think he you know, I think like, was was it's about 50.
1: he did them the all cover, yeah. by hand yeah. and yeah. they're all unique yeah absolutely amazing yeah. Oh, the man I, is a psychopath yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't believe like
2: because at different stages of the project he was introducing these new elements and like completely different um uh kind of artistic discipline, you know
1: yeah because i remember i remember right. at one point it was going to be a, a white box yeah, with um i y n yeah Y-Y-N, like a like a logo. A little logo on yeah. the front and nothing else and it was just going to be white and i think i think i'm right to say that he read the dr- the draft of the novel mm. and he went fuck me this is too dark it can't yeah. be white <laughs> this yeah. there's no way going to be a white cover yeah. <laughs> but uh, I loved that yeah. first logo that he did
3: yeah I, I think at that point you were already booked
2: into the tattoo artist who <laughs> was, I was to thinking again have... in that with tattoos <laughs> I he, still do it it's really yeah. cool he, he's such a talent he's he's, a, he's phenomenal he's, yeah
1: a... he's he's a he's a one man sort of artistic producing yeah. machine, right? Because oh. mm. he's got his own record label, yeah. uh, Recordiai Neb, he, he's a recording artist himself under the name Twinfield, mm. but he also does loads of little art projects.
2: So he published um, Ercyda Neb, uh, released uh, Annie's. Annie's album, Mirror S, yes, of course. Yes, yeah. of course. Um, but he also
1: does lots of like pictures and paintings and stuff oh, as well, doesn't he? And concept yeah. art projects. I mean, he is he is a, a an absolute one-man band. But um, who else do we need to um, shout out? We should need to shout out Karis Hughes, the photographer, yeah, who came on board to do um, under under Tom's direction. We did a what what a, a, a photo shoots.
3: It was quite it was a manic, amazing, photo. yeah. Man. I, um, so maybe just to talk a little bit about the concept, the the visual concept of it, um, it. It came originally from Tom, which was that we as a band would be looking back at the ruins of the cults and the book and that world that you fluid had created. Yeah. So that's the whole point of the photo shoot is that we're sort of going through um,
1: We're like archaeologists the archaeologists
3: right? looking at the, the the sort of yeah, the ruins the of, detritus of, of, yeah. of the of
1: the of the cults. Exactly. Which is all been kept in the Museum of Wales. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So Caris um, um, came in to take the the photographs, and um, when sort of arts directed the the, the sort of the the sets for it. Um, the pictures and, are amazing. Yeah, I, you, want I think I, I, I think you got a picture for yourself as well. You got a picture for the back of the book, <laughs> did you? Yeah, at the same yeah, time, Caris yeah, did uh, take <laughs>
1: some take some portraits, but. Uh, <laughs> but but the these photos they're not actually included in the box set but they can be seen on yeah just ythnavo.com yeah, uh, yeah, dot com or dots one of those yeah. but they're on there and they are fantastic yeah and, and again it just like deepens the concept doesn't yeah, it yeah 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 so this concept album is a full-on 1970s fucking ELO yeah. wankfest of a concept <laughs> album. And it just goes deeper and deeper yeah. every yeah. fucking time. It's it does. Amazing. Um, I'll, t-
3: <laughs> I'll tell you who else we need to thank. Uh, Levy, yeah. in, Levy in the, yeah. in the, in the Lolva. My,
1: my, pu- my publishers, yeah. uh, the Lolva. He was um, very very accommodating,
3: fair play to him. Because um, yeah. I think, you know, Lolva is... is they're quite used to working to with professionals, professional with professionals. <laughs> people know and what they're doing. People who know what they're doing
1: and people who are <laughs> working to deadlines, um, and then uh, yeah, they agree to work with a rock band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um,
3: no, they had a lot of time for us, Fidley.
2: Really. Cara Soleri as well. She, yeah. of course, yeah, so, we've
1: given her a shout out. She came in to oh, do a, a voice, and um, she could have done some backing vocals, couldn't she? Yeah. Hell of a voice, that girl. Mm. Um, and of course, it's it's released on your own record label, right?
2: Yeah. yeah it's Look, so, it's T. Yeah. So at the moment, it's, a, oh, it's still very early days, in it, for the label? So it, we just wanted to, to keep things in house, really, and have complete control of everything because yeah. we control and freaks.
1: Are there any box sets left?
2: A few, yeah. Yeah. A few. We've got a few that we've kept back.
1: How much do these cost? So obviously, i got a freebie.
2: 30, I think they're thirty, aren't they? Yeah,
3: that, thirty.
1: That, my dear listeners, is a bargain. It is, yeah, <laughs>
3: definitely. It really is. I think um, we do regret the price. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, to be honest, should you know. double that. yeah, I should have definitely. It. And then, um, lastly, now before uh, we uh, we we head off. Um, we did do a few live shows. Mm. Now the live shows were amazing. It is as close to cool as I'll ever
2: be. Oh, you were brilliant.
1: <laughs> it was it was I was so I was so proud and all I had to do was come come at the start and literally read a paragraph. So I didn't have to do any heavy lifting, but um, you had a couple of extra boys in the band uh, for the live shows. You had your little brother Lewis yeah. on axe shredding duties, yeah. Griff. Yeah, um, and we had Oshan's brother, brother Gitter. Yeah, they're both in a band called Er Era, Yeah, who is absolutely brilliant as well. Um, but yeah, what do you remember of the of the live shows?
2: Oh, I we were so proud because I th- I, th- I think it really felt like the um, you know. Combination of uh, a real kind of bulk of work, so yeah. Oh, they were t- So, we did a show in Carnarvon and Cardiff in December 2019, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. And um, our intention w- was we were going to do a tour in May, yeah. and obviously, that we weren't able to do that mm. because of the um, pandemic. Um, we snuck a couple of gigs in in January as well, then we, oh, we yeah, went yeah, up to yeah. Edinburgh
1: and Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, I didn't get an invite to that. No, it, <laughs> there was no budget. Really.
3: <laughs> I was fucking paid. We barely made it up there yeah. it ourselves. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite quite hard with the live aspect because we're not constantly gigging. We're not um, active uh, an active band. So it's hard
1: to get up to the standard exactly. you need. right? For,
3: I, I mean, I, th- I think. Uh, for, for those two shows before Christmas last year, it took us, I think it was, you know, five days of solid practice before before that, just to get somewhere near being able to play these songs. Remember, th- these were completely yeah. new songs that hadn't actually been recorded as and you, you, a live band you pretty band much either.
1: played the album pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Maybe less, two songs. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so, yeah, so all, what, six of you, five yeah. or six of you, can't even think. Um, yeah, you had to learn them from scratch.
3: Yeah, I think with money and time, we would, uh, um, in the future, maybe do something more conceptual with you, sort of going on the same idea as we did with you coming on to read bits and bobs. Yeah. Um, that would be amazing, but it just, you know, it's a, you, you, you can do that sort of thing half-assed and it could be okay, or you can, no, you, it, needs it. Properly, yeah, it needs to be done properly but obviously you need properly. time and money for that exactly don't you? yeah
1: but uh, I do remember uh, there was there was a little contrast between the first and second gig yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen such a tight band in the first gig yeah <laughs> <laughs> not the case in the second a week later <laughs> yeah
3: yeah I, I'm, I'm guessing because the for the first gig we we had Few days practice and then straight into. Oh the yeah, gig. that's the thing. Yeah, you just tried right for Yeah. yeah. The so yeah. you had a
1: week off afterwards, didn't yeah. you? And I just, yeah. Just but yeah, you were unbelievably tight mm. that first gig, which was in a weird location, right? Yeah, it was
3: like, wasn't it? A
1: Fucking train station. Yeah, it was like an Carnarvon. old
3: train station in Carnarvon, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Very very strange. <laughs>
1: yeah. But full house. Everyone loved it.
3: I, I just remember that it was the first time that you. In a while, had been up past three a.m.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was pure rock and roll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on that oh note,
1: God. on that bombshell, <laughs> mm. box bomb sets are still available. Yeah, they are. Yeah, From, if you're quick. If you're yeah, quick through, yeah, through through the uh, yeah, website. Yesenboy.com. Yeah, um, I would ask what's next, but
3: who knows? You know,
1: until we get a vaccine.
3: Yeah, I I, I don't think we're done with this album yet. we we've we've got unfinished business with the live shows yeah. and.
1: I'd love to. I'd love to hear, Yiftan Evoy, being played as your last song in the Estevos. Yeah. This <laughs> so is a proper anthem, and it's one for the ages, and one for everyone. Who lives in wales and um, thank you boys for oh, l- bringing d- me into this project and helping me reach my cool potential and uh but honestly i've loved every minute of it and i love you boys and um, thank you oh, I said, d- honestly, d-
2: thank you so much for everything and for your um you gave us real kind of direction and focus and it, it just wouldn't obviously wouldn't exist without you so we, we're so grateful
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Welsh Music Prize Conversations with the 2020 shortlisted bands and artists. You can stream all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it or let us know through our social media channels at Welsh Music Prize. Diolch am gyda'r bands ac artistiad o'r Hesterfer 2020. My modd gwrando i bob sgwrs AM, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. Os ydych chi wedi mwynhau'r podcast yma, gnewch yn siŵr ei rannu neu i adlni o bod tre'n sianelu cyfryngau cymdeithasol at Welsh Music Prize.